Well, thank you again so much for being with us this morning, for worshiping with us. It's always a beautiful thing to be able to encounter God's presence together, and I never want to take that for granted. But I have the honor and the privilege of introducing our speaker for the day. Um, This is somebody who has been within our community for many years now and um, has done so much work um, to push the mission of Jesus Christ forward, um, both in this room and, and maybe even especially with our children. If you have children who have been um, at the Bridge Church for any amount of time, you can thank this individual and his lovely wife for how much they've invested in your children and taught them about the good news of Jesus Christ. And, uh, and today we get the honor of, of hearing the word of God through him. This is somebody that I have um, grown to know and love in, uh, in, in truly such a beautiful way over the last few years. I've gotten to know him more and more and more, and uh, it really is an honor to call him one of my very best friends. And so if you would, welcome to the stage Christopher Parrish. Come on up here. We're excited to hear what God has to say. Thank you, Dustin. Hello, everybody. I am super excited to be here today. Um, In fact, I really badly wanted to just come running through these curtains over there like, ah, yeah. I didn't. I chose not to. Um, Maybe next time. Maybe next time. Well, I am so excited for you guys to be here. Thank you so much for coming, those of you that are in the building, those of you online. I am just honored to have this opportunity to speak with you today. See, this is actually the first time I am... I'm speaking a sermon here at the Bridge Church. I've done kind of many messages with our booths. If you're a volunteer here, you know we get here a little bit early. We meet, we have a little little message to kind of pump us up through the day. So I've done a bunch of those. I've taught in the children's area, and that has just been a joy. But I'm just so honored that I was approached to give this sermon. I, I could not be happier and more excited about it. Thanks, Steve. (laughs) So I'm going to jump right in today, but I'm going to start a little differently than normal. See, today I'm going to start with a story about when I was a team lead over a call center. And in this call center, we helped people with that were kind of past due with their mortgages. So it was just a high-stress area to begin with. But as a team lead, I would hold these meetings each day where we would all gather around and I would talk to the team about, you know, what needs to be done today, what needs to be done that week, what's our projects going on, what kind of metrics do we need to meet. And there is one meeting that I don't think I will ever forget for the rest of my life. You see, that month, just a little bit earlier, we had a change in senior leadership and we got a new president in our department. Now, this man, this man was a tough cookie. Um, He was not very kind in the way that he delivered information. He loved to yell. He loved to curse at you. He loved to call you out in a group. Um, He was great. Um, He was great. And so that day, we had our first department meeting with him. And so this is kind of, I mean, I had met him before. I had been in meetings with him before, but this was the team's first experience with him, and he (laughs) laid into us. I don't know why I'm laughing about that. People were crying. (laughs) 
Um, but seriously, he, he got on to us. He was yelling. He was cursing. I mean, it shocked. It shocked the department. Don't get me wrong. He got things done. When he told you to do something, you did it. Um, and so after that meeting, I still had my team meeting with my team. And you can imagine that coming from that, they're, they're pretty down. Uh, they're pretty down on themselves. We just got done being told how horrible we were at our jobs. But I come into our meeting, and I'm like, all right, guys, let's get this done today. Today is going to be a great day, you know. Um, the things he told us, he wasn't very nice in the way he told us, but he wasn't wrong. We can still work on these things. We can still get better. In fact, look at these areas that we have already started improving, right? We're already on the right track. All we got to do is keep going, and we can do this. And I'm, look, and I'm, I'm shocked across my team, and I honestly don't remember who posed the question, um, but it was asked. They asked Chris, how can you be so positive? How can you come out of that and remain so cheery? Now, a little background on me during that time. I was honestly going through what was probably the hardest and most difficult season of my life. I had really started diving deep into the Bible, and that had changed my outlook on my life. And so almost immediately when I heard that question, my response was, well, it's because Jesus is my homeboy. <laughs> Even how silly that statement might sound, I had no idea that it would impact the relationship with two of my employees that I had. You see, after that time, or after that moment, I had an employee named Christy who would then come up to me and ask me about my story, how I got here, how I began to have this outlook on life. And we'd talk so many times, and I would, I would tell her the importance of welcoming Jesus Christ into her heart. I would talk to her about the importance of finding a church for her to call home. Um, we tried to set it up for her to come visit here, that never panned out at the time. She had lived in Illinois, so she could never make the trip. Um, but I didn't give up there. I researched local churches in her area and sent them to her. Um, and she started going. That's exciting. She started going to church after one little silly comment. Another of my employees, Kim, at the time of saying that, I had no idea she was so spiritual. But from that moment on, we had great conversation. We would talk to each other about the different Bible verses we were reading. We would compare notes about what we were reading. I had no idea the changes that would come even outside my life from that day. You see, the great thing about this story is that I did not approach them. I did not make it my mission to disciple them at that point. They came to me because they saw how I handled situations. They were in those same situations. We were in the same department. Everything that I went through, they went through. And they saw that I didn't let it get me down. They came to me. How much better of disciples could we be if we just displayed that level of joys in our life every day? 
How many people's attention could we bring to Jesus Christ just by having such a positive outlook on life? People, people looking at us like, I don't know what's going on, but I want some of that. That, that kind of change, that kind of change starts with seeking joy in your own life. And that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about joy. We're going to go over what it is, what it isn't, how to seek it, how to experience it. So what is joy? To start this, I think it is important to not start with what joy is, but instead start with what joy isn't. See, in today's culture, we are led to believe that joy is synonymous with happiness. I'm here to tell you that happiness is not equivalent to joy. And I want you to really listen to how I'm saying that. I am not saying that joy isn't the equal to happiness. I'm saying that happiness is not the equivalent to joy. You see, happiness is circumstantial. It is purely driven on the things happening around us. It's fleeting. It can change in a moment. I mean, look back to your lives. How many times have you just been going through the the best day? You're in such a great mood. But then you come against an obstacle, some kind of struggle, and it flips your day totally upside down. Again, that's because happiness can change in an instant. But joy, joy is enduring optimism and cheerfulness. You see, biblically speaking, joy is dependent on Jesus and who he is rather than who you are or the things happening around you. Joy is enduring. It perseveres. It remains regardless of the season that you're in. And and even if I... Even as I explain these differences, I I do feel that it's truly something that's hard to grasp. Because you might be hearing this and you're like, well, oh, I'm I'm already in a good place, Chris. I, I know I have joy in the Lord. But in all actuality, what you have is that momentary happiness. You experience something good so it makes you feel good. Or even if it's just dependent on something he's done for you lately. What we really need to seek is joy, that which endures and remains. So how do we do that? How do we seek and experience this kind of joy I'm talking about? There are really three key aspects to experiencing joy. And really they work almost as a formula because they work so well together rather than necessarily independent of each other. The first aspect is faith. See, faith, as Hebrew tells us, is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. In other words, it's being confident in God's promises and provisions. It's putting our hope in the things that he has promised us. It's being convinced that he will provide for us. That is true faith. And this formula for experiencing joy just doesn't work if we don't have that. 
as I was preparing for this message, it's been a couple months in the making now, and something Steve actually said in a message, I think it was two weeks back, just really stuck with me. I think he hit the head of the nail right on. Steve said, we believe in a God that we don't trust. See, this really works so well in the faith aspect because what I got from this is that we go to church. We even identify ourselves as believers in Christ. But when we're faced with a struggle, do we really hope in his promises? Do we really trust that he will provide for us? I don't think we do. And so we let all these negative emotions overcome us. We're so worried about us. We're not worried enough about him. But when you have genuine faith, one of the very first things that it produces is joy. If you have hope in his promises, if you trust in his provisions, how could you be left with anything but joy? What I'm saying is here, we don't have to worry about anything. We can put all of our cares on him. We have no, there is no issue that we should concern ourselves with because he's got us. He's in control. He will never forsake us. If we remain faithful to him, there's nothing left for us but joy. And there, there are so many times in the Bible that tells us this. It's like they keep just, hey, look at this, look at this. Literally, there's so many, I had to cut them out. In Psalms chapter 55, verse 22, Davis tells us, cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. Amen. Here, David is telling us that Bring your struggles, bring your burdens to the Lord. He will sustain you. He will provide for you. Later, Peter tells us really the same thing in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, by saying, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Isaiah writes, after being visited by God, he writes that God tells him, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed. For I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. This is God telling Isaiah that his provisions are definite. The use of the word will here is purposeful. There's no might. There's no maybe. He uses the word will on purpose here. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, Jesus tells us, come to me, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens. I will give you rest. I'm not sure the Bible could spell this point out any easier for us. This is literally Jesus saying, hey, when you have problems, seek me. I've got you. But my favorite verse that I think just really brings this point home is in James chapter 1, verses 2 through 3. This is where James tells us, Consider it all joy, my brethren. Consider it all joy when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Guys, this is amazing. This is something to get excited about. 
Here, James is telling us, consider it joy when you face a struggle. Consider it joy when you have an obstacle in front of you. Consider it joy when you go through a bad season because all it's doing is testing your faith. It's an opportunity to show your heavenly father how much you love him. And I get it. I know it's easy to doubt all of these different scriptures that tell us these things, to put all of our cares on him. I understand that it's easy to say, their problems aren't like my problems. The problems they faced in those times aren't my problems. I've got a, I've got a rent that's due this month. I just... My marriage is, is rocky right now, and I don't know how to fix it. Let me give you some context around the problems that they faced. You see, as the, at the time of James writing that, Christians were persecuted. If caught, they were physically tortured, sometimes even executed in the most humiliating ways. And just so this really sinks in, I kind of want to put this in relation to our lives today. This would be like if you were on your way to church, or even better yet, here now, all of a sudden the police barge in through those doors and they arrest us all. And they torture us until we denounce our faith in Jesus. We're going a step further. My example, my example when I was talking to Christy and I was sharing the good news of Jesus Christ in my workplace. I wouldn't be here today giving this sermon because I would have been executed for such a public act. What the Bible is telling us, it doesn't matter how big or small your problems are. You can put them on him. Do we do that today? When we face a struggle when we go through a tough season, do we truly have hope in his promises? Do we truly trust that he will provide for us? Guys, that's what's being tested in these times. Your faith. Those are the times that we get to show the Lord how much faith we have in him. And if, you, if your faith holds true, if you stand firmly on his foundation, you're simply left with joy. You get to a point where you can say, yeah, sure, I'm going through a hard time. What I'm going through is painful and it hurts. This is the worst season of my life. But that doesn't matter. I know who's in control. I know who will provide for me. I know who has promised to love me. So I can be joyful. How powerful is it to talk to somebody and tell them about all your problems and you can't get the biggest smile off your face? They're going to think you're crazy. <laughs> but that kind of faith can change lives. And it will start to change your outlook on life. It'll start to change your perspective. And it'll even start to change that of those around you. And that brings us to our second aspect of experiencing joy. And that's perspective. I think we lose out on so much joy in our lives today because we don't realize everything that we have 
is from him. Think about how much more thankful we would be, how much more grateful we would be if we truly realized that he is solely responsible for everything good that we have. What if we realized that every bite of food, every sip of our favorite drink, every fun game we got to play was a a gift of God's grace to us? If if you know me, you know that I love Racanelli's Pizza. I had to fit it in here because I love it so much. I'm pretty sure if you have a conversation with me, it'll start with Racanelli's Pizza. (laughs) My ability just to taste that pizza is a gift from God. How many times do we think about that? How many times do we have that kind of perspective in our life? See, Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 7 says, Go then, eat your bread in happiness, and drink your wine with a cheerful heart, for God has already approved your good works. Taking a step further, what if we realize that every relationship that we have is a gift from God? You see, do you realize that God gives you the gift of all of these different amazing people in your lives for your joy? You get to build these relationships with people. You get, you get to start trusting in one another, confiding in one another, to even lift each other up, all for the purposes of joy. I'm part of a small group, actually. My wife, Jen, and I lead our small group. And it's, I've been finding so much joy um, because I've really started to get to know a man by the name of Mike Duke, um, and it gives me joy because I finally get to have somebody to just be a nerd with and talk about Star Wars. <laughs> it seems so small, but that gives me so much joy. We actually went to the um, Garden Glow last night at Botanical Gardens, and like one of the very first things that you see when you walk in are like these light posts. I promise you they were lightsabers. First thing, me and Mike look at each other, let's duel. (laughs) That relationship is a gift from God. When's the last time you've realized that your spouse was a gift from God? Do you make them feel like you realize that they're a gift from God? Do we realize that our children are a gift from God? I was just yesterday, again, this wasn't originally in the sermon, but just yesterday morning, Wesley was, we have this, we have this calendar, it's like a countdown to Christmas, it's magnetic, it's on our fridge, and Wesley's playing around with these things, and he's got all these different shapes, and he's talking to me and Jenna, and he's telling us this story. He's like, well, these are the kids in the bed, this is Santa putting the presents under the tree. I I was filled with joy just listening to him tell me that story. Little Nolan, he gets so excited about telling you things. Just last week, he was learning about World War II and him coming home, because we always talk about our days at dinner, him coming home and just basically reading off a novel to us about, I learned more about World War II from my son this week than I think I did in high school. It was so exciting, though, just to see him get so excited about it. Like his voice was almost squeaking. He was so excited. That gave me so much joy. (laughs) 
<laughs> and I get it. Children can kind of be on either ends of those spectrums. Um, sometimes you look at your children and you're like, well, is there a gift receipt here? Or... <laughs> So Nolan and Wesley right now are kind of in a phase where they don't really like to listen to us. Odd. <laughs> but it's funny because um, they'll do something and it's, they're just not listening. And so one of two things will happen. Number one, they'll get in trouble for just, for just the act of not listening. Or number two, they'll like get hurt or regret not listening to us. And so Jenna and I, again, Jenna's my wife, we, we had this conversation with them. We sat, it down, we sat him down and we told him, do you realize how much easier your life would be? How much enjoy, more enjoyable your life would be if you just listened to us? <laughs> and ever since preparing for this message, because we, we continually have to repeat that, um, but every time that I do, I cannot get this vision out of my head of God up in heaven looking down at me and like, yeah, yeah I get it. How much more enjoyable would our lives be? How much easier would our lives be if we just listened to him? Even at the highest level, what if we realize that every day is a gift from God? Psalm says this perfectly in chapter 118, verse 24, where it says, this is the day in which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Now, sometimes when you read your Bible, next to verses, there's like little letters that say, we'll see this other verse to complete the context here so that you truly understand. There is no little letter next to this verse. There is nothing that says, see this other verse where this only holds true on good days. See this other, other verse where it's only true unless something bad happens. This is the day in which the Lord has made. Let's rejoice in that, guys. Let's have a positive perspective on our life that each day we are here is the gift of God regardless of our circumstances. Think about the level of joy available to us if we really, truly realize who the giver of all of these different things is and the love that he must have to give them to us. He loves us so much that he has freely given all of these different gifts for our enjoyment. And sometimes it's easy for us to realize this. Sometimes, again, we have that momentary happiness because something is going so well in our lives. But we really, we really need to show, shift our focus from us to him when we face struggle. This ties so well into what we were talking about with faith, when, with what James wrote. He was telling us that we should let our faith help change our perspective. What he's saying is that we should not submit to our circumstances, but instead submit to the God who controls circumstances. I know there are times where we feel maybe that we don't deserve joy. Maybe 
we don't feel like we've done enough to receive joy. Even there are times where we face certain circumstances and we, we experience joy in those circumstances, but we feel guilty about it. You don't have to be perfect to experience joy. When you focus on your faults and your mistakes, you have the wrong perspective. You shouldn't be focused on how imperfect you are. You should be focused on how perfect he is. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, I am here to tell you today, you can receive joy. And there shouldn't be anything that takes away from that. talking a lot. Sorry, I had to refresh. So we've talked about faith and how having that can start changing your perspective or your outlook on life. But where does it start? How do we start this? See, if you don't, if you can have the faith or you can have that faith, but if you don't know somebody, how can you truly trust them? And that brings us to our third aspect, which is relationship. This really is the starting point because ultimately our joy is found in one thing, guys, and that's him. We have to know Jesus. We have to have a relationship with him to truly trust him. Again, we go back to what Steve was saying, where we believe in him, but we just don't trust him. We need that true faith to achieve a better perspective in our lives. We need all of those things together to truly experience never-ending joy. It all starts with a relationship with him. I want to slow down here for a minute because I believe that this next point is very important. And I want to make sure everybody soaks this in. There is no wrong time to start a relationship with Jesus. It doesn't matter who you are, where you've come from, or what you've done. There is never a wrong time to start a relationship with Jesus. And maybe, maybe you have, but maybe you feel like you've fallen away. It applies there too. There's no wrong time to reconnect. Today is the perfect day to do that. And again, this relationship with Jesus is where it all starts. To build this relationship with Jesus, we need to worship him. We need to pray to him. We need to spend alone time with him, letting him know our most intimate feelings and thoughts. And the Bible does such a great job of relating all these different ways we build a relationship with Jesus back to joy. 
When we worship, worship Jesus, Psalms chapter 100, verse 1 through 2 says, Shout joyfully to the Lord, all of the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful singing. Then when we pray to him, John chapter 16, verse 24, says, until now you have asked me for nothing in my name. Ask and you shall receive so that your joy may be made full. Through communion, Psalms chapter 16, verse 11 says, in your presence is the fullness of joy. Because as we enter into this relationship with him, we truly start to trust him. We look at him as the object of our worship. We look at him as the object of our affection. And our joy not only starts and grows, but through him is made complete. Romans chapter 15, verse 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as if you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is Paul telling us joy is ultimately found in trusting and believing in him. And this all comes from a deep relationship with Jesus. There is no path to lasting, enduring joy that does not start with Jesus. There's no doubt that we get joy from the things in our lives. We look to those things for happiness, and we should. I want to make sure that my point is coming across here today. I'm not telling you to not find joy in the things in your life. I hope you do. But what I'm saying is that when you get joy from these things, I want to give credit where credit is due. Because all of those things come from him. Every good thing that we have comes from him because he loves us so much that he gives them graciously to us. I'm saying never forget that our ultimate unending joy comes from him alone. In fact, if you take one thing away from this message today, I want to make sure that it is this. True, enduring joy comes from Jesus and Jesus alone. We have to lean into him. We have to get to know him better. We have to learn to submit to him and not of our circumstances. We need to make him number one in our lives. And if we do this, our joy is made complete. See, through this relationship is when we really start to have that faith. That is when we really start to trust in his promises, to know that he will provide for us and never forsake us. And later again, that builds into having a better perspective on our lives. I'm not gonna let these negative emotions control me because I know he's in control. Well, I can look at these circumstances and still instead look at them with a brighter perspective because I know he's got me. That is, that is when you can start or to stop feeling like you have to chase joy. It's not a race. It's not something you have to catch up to. Through him, it's something you can simply step into. What kind of changes 
would we see in our surroundings if we just started stepping into that joy? I wanna start seeing those changes, guys. I wanna start seeing them here. You see, today's message isn't just a message that I want you to take with you, remember for a couple of days, and then it just flows by the wayside. Today isn't actually a message at all. Today is a call to action. Think about it. What if we started realizing all the little way God wants us to be joyful? What if we started realizing that every taste that we had of the food that we liked, every relationship in our lives? What if our faith in God was so strong? What if our relationship with him was so strong that we welcomed challenges that he put in front of us? Instead of getting excited about material things in our lives, we got excited about our next trial because it was an opportunity to tell Jesus, say, I love you, I follow you. Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, show me any challenge. I want to show you the joy that I have in you. Guys, I want us to experience this. I want us the next time that we are going through a struggle, I don't want us falling down on our knees to pray, to say, God, take this away from me. I want us to fall down on our knees and say, God, thank you. Thank you for what you've given me. I am so joyful in everything around me. Today is the day. This is something we can start doing immediately. What's stopping you? Think about that for a second. What's stopping you from having such joy in your life today? Today is the perfect day to start a relationship with Jesus Christ. Today is the perfect day to really deepen your faith, to really start trusting in his promises, knowing that he will provide. Today is the perfect day for you to have a better outlook on your life, to change your perspective. Today is the perfect day for you to start experiencing true, never-ending joy. Let's stand as we pray. Heavenly Father, today I come to you asking that you give us what we need inside of ourselves to truly start trusting in you. I ask that you give us the strength to face any challenge and still just look at you. I ask that you remind us that a relationship with you is the most important things in our lives. Through that relationship, we start having this faith in you where we trust in you. Through that relationship, we can start looking at everything in front of us as a gift from you. Through that relationship, God, I ask that you remind us that that, that is where true joy lies. And I hope, I ask that you, you call someone to action today, that you send them out in the world, and that they change those around them because they have such joy in your life that it brings others to you.